Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans or fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. All right, Brewer fans, welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast featuring myself, Scott, and Vince. Uh, coming to this episode, how are you fellas doing? Hey, Craig. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Chad. Doing great. <laughs> All right. So the Milwaukee Brewers. Chad's not with us. So. Let's start off. Sorry. With- we got to take this one off. The positive the, as of this taping, Sunday, June 5th, the Milwaukee Brewers are still in first place. The bad news the St. Louis Cardinals are now breathing down our neck. And it's clear that the Brewers are not one of the best two teams in the NL since the offenses of both the Mets and the Dodgers are juggernauts compared to ours. Um, Anyway, let's see. So on the week, the Brewers did end up going three and five, eight game week. So obviously it was a long week. Um, We did, uh, begin the week by sweeping a doubleheader against the Cubs with surprisingly Josh Hader saving both ends of the doubleheader, which I, I think really surprised us hosts. And then the week ended with Josh Hader coming in for one inning in a non-save situation. Uh, but then he didn't come back after only throwing 15 pitches did not come back out for the top of the 10th. And we lost a very crucial game I'm really flummoxed by that. But anyway, the Brewers did go three and five on the week. Unfortunately, um, splitting the series against the Cubs, two games of two, and four games against the Potters, we did lose at home, one game to three, and the only game that we won, we won and walk off, come from behind fashion. So, um, unfortunately, the Brewers' health issues have gotten worse and not better since our last podcast. Uh, Brandon Woodruff has been placed on the IL. Jason Alexander has been called up from AAA and didn't make one actually quality start for us in the middle of this week. Um, so Willie Adamas was expected back for this Padres series and he did not come back. Uh, he should be returning shortly. Hunter Renfro is still not back in action. And now Louis Urias seems to be injured as well. Hopefully it's day to day, but Oh, a whole bunch of negative stuff going on, guys. Overall, um, I guess what were your take uh, takeaways for the week? Well, um, I you know, personally, I don't think that there's ever going to be a season where we're going to have great weeks every week. Certainly, this was a bad week for us. I think that um, given the injuries, it's a little bit expected. Um, you know, they're they're as you mentioned, Craig. They're piling up at this point. We've got we've got guys missing from both the rotation and from the pen and from the, the starting lineup and from the bench, uh, Mike Rousseau got put on the DL again, uh, as well. I mean, it's like, it's like the whole roster has just been hit with this stuff. So, you know, this is to be expected during a 162 game season. Um, I do think that we've got some very real issues with our offense and we've talked about it on other podcasts, but that's not a reflection on the play specific to this week. I think that that's been an ongoing concern. I would argue for three years, um, that we don't have that true impact bat with Chris Gallich not being able to hit anymore uh, to the levels that we were kind of 
expecting of him when we signed him to that long-term contract. So my issues remain consistent, uh, need one more big bat. And um, the other stuff I think is more injury related and just sort of the, the ups and downs of the season. Um, that's, that's my take. Yeah. And I guess to piggyback off that, we like, we need, like you said, a big bat, not just like, um, Hey, here's a really good power hitter that we can put in. Uh, he's right-handed. You know, maybe we can put to him. No, no. We need a hitter that, that is Eduardo, special you hitter. Eduardo Escobar. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> right. We need a feared hitter that can hit both righties and lefties. Like, that's what we need. But, um, no, I mean, it was a rough week. Uh, unfortunately, when you have – um, what was it? I mean, I guess we lost half of our position players this week, at least, you know, for a day or two, some of them. And then we're missing two-fifths of our rotation. Um, you know, uh, Perdomo's hurt in the bullpen, so that's, you know, we're one extra arm down there. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, obviously it's piling up, but on top of that, we also just had a stretch where we had to play, you know, what was it, 11 games in a row or something like that without a yep. day off. So. That's a good point. Um, I, all of that together, um, unfortunately, it's just kind of the perfect storm. And not only that, but, like, not only are we playing a bunch of games in a row, but we are still playing either quality teams at home or we're playing, you know, teams on the road, which is always a little bit tougher. So, yeah, it, it's just the perfect storm. Everything bad kind of happened. And, um, I mean, just think, we have a pretty significant losing streak right now. If we didn't get to – Kayla Rogers and score four runs in the ninth to, to beat them like inexplicably, then we'd well, be a lot yeah. more upset than we are right now. Yeah, and and if it wasn't for guys like Jason Alexander who stepped up and pitched really well in his spot start, or you know, um, we've had a couple performances of guys that came out of essentially nowhere, but um, you know, minor league guys who stepped up and were able to kind of fill in a little bit at least to mitigate the damage. Um, so yeah, I mean we've had how many new how many pitchers have we, we we've seen I think four new pitchers in the last two weeks make their big league debuts for the Brewers I think is the stat you can have your interns double check on that Scotty but yeah <clears throat> remarkable when you think about it <laughs> they're still on Memorial uh, holiday so they'll come back oh. I think sometime soon just in time I, to I'm leave sure. again for Fourth of July. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they'll be right on it, but yeah, it was, I just double checked um, doing the intern's job here, but yeah, Ethan Small, Jason Alexander, Peter, and I'm going to butcher the last name, Peter Strzelecki and Luke Barker have all made their big league debuts on our pitching staff, either out of the pen or as starters within the last uh, seven days. Six wow. Days. That's pretty incredible. Yep. Also, uh, for, for guys to mention in all this, crazy news is that uh but at 4 30 before our season opening or series opening game against the padres around that for that seven o'clock game uh omar narvaez tested positive for covid uh and went to covid il and the brewers had to call up the third string catcher from appleton from from the wisconsin timber rattlers uh to make it to the game to drive because he was the only one that could make it the game in time to be a back catcher he did not make it a, a game but just kind of highlighting the crazy week and Victor Carantini has been ridiculously good both defensively and with the bat as a as a player that we've acquired who really probably had no plans to be part of this team this year 
So, I mean, there's some guys like him that have stepped up, but uh, obviously Omar Narvaez, we need him back in the lineup. Um, and, yeah, it's just been a crazy week, as Vince pointed out. Four different rookies break, breaking in. Um, two of them against the, starting against the Cubs with Ethan Small starting the uh, first game of the doubleheader on Monday. He did not pitch fairly well. I think he only made it two and a third innings, but the Brewers came back and won that game. And then Jason Alexander on the Wednesday game pitched seven innings. I think only got, gave up two or three earned runs. So really pitched a quality start, and I didn't expect much out of him. Obviously, um, going forward, some of these guys are going to have to eat some more starts for us until we get healthy. Um, also this week, throwing into the mess, as Corbin Burns probably had like the worst start he had uh, in about the last year and a half, it seemed. So unfortunately, um, yeah, just all in all, crazy, not not good week. We did manage to win three of the eight games, so it, it could have been uh, feasibly worse, actually. Um, so... We're hanging in there and hopefully we can write the ship going forward. But, uh, you know, this is why this 162 game season is a lot to traverse. Um, I guess the, the next subject I'll have us talk about is I, I, we mentioned small and Alexander as possible fill-ins for these, uh, you know, for Peralta and Woodruff. Um, Ashby's obviously entrenched in the rotation now uh, for the foreseeable future. But um, do you think the Brewers need to make a move or call up some, either call up someone else or make a move to add to our current starting pitching depth, which is obviously thinned out to the max. Um, I mean, I think that they're likely to need depth anyways. I, I have a feeling that, um, you know, we're going to unfortunately be missing Freddie Peralta through at least mid August at this point. Um, so that's a pretty serious amount of time. Um, Woodruff, I'm hopeful, can just, you know, be on the disabled list for the 15 days and be off um, and miss, you know, three starts rather than a whole bunch of starts. So, you know, hopefully that's some good news. I don't know really who's out there. I guess I guess, I guess Keuchel's out there um, that we wouldn't have to give up anything for. I, I wouldn't be opposed to taking a flyer on him uh, at this point, I, suppose, I, I guess. But he hasn't really been good um, for – well, a while. Yeah, and, and there's guys, I, familiar guys like Brett Anderson and uh, even like Paul Hamill sitting out there, still free agents possibly, and pro probably a couple other guys. I almost think that we have to watch the waiver wire, see if someone gets designated for assignment, like take all that we might be able to, uh, you know, at least try out. But I, I don't know. It's it's getting pretty ugly. Scott, sorry. Yeah, I know. I know you love Anderson, Craig. I just don't know what he's been up to for the past, you know, six months. If he he hasn't thrown a pitch since that time where he he really took one for the team in September uh, by throwing in St. Louis on just a couple days rest and starting a game down there, knowing that he wasn't going to be on the playoff roster. Um, so I I don't know what kind of shape he's kept himself in. He's um, so that'd be an interesting question. I'm not sure. We don't. I don't think Wade Miley's available. I think he's on the DL. Um, I know that that's another guy that you always try to target, but I. Yeah, I think he's on the DL right now for the Cubs. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I guess, okay, so there's two, basically two options, right? I mean, obviously, Peralta is going to be gone for a while. Woodruff is, I just don't know how long he's going to be out. If he's only going to be out for 15 days or something like that, that would be wonderful. But I, I hate to say it, I think it's going to be closer to a month. Um, but I, I don't know. 
I, I should have asked, um, um, how am I supposed to do this again? C. Carter, um, our anonymous source. Um, no, say, say, Tom, like no say Tom C. Scott. Say Tom C., not C. Carter. That way people don't oh. know you're talking to Tom Carter. You can't, you don't want to give away the fact it's Tom Carter. That's the bottom line. So okay. don't bleep this. But it's T. Carter or Tom C. Okay. You can't do both. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll edit it then. Yeah, for sure. But if he says, um, for example, that Woodruff is going to be out for a month, or, or something like that, then uh, our only two options are to try to see, um, we could throw Ashby and Small in the rotation and kind of see how things go, um, give them a little bit of real world experience, so to speak, in the majors. Um, I, that's one option. And then the other option is, I guess, yeah, start to call them the waiver wire. But um, I wouldn't mind letting these guys work through this a little bit. Um, I'm not pushing the panic button just yet, I guess. Um, let's give them, let's give it, let's talk about this again in like a probably two weeks and see kind of where we're at then. Because right now uh, there's just not a lot of teams in the national league that are winning. Like I still see the Brewers as a, um, a virtual lock for the playoffs. Um, so, you know, we're not really, really like, it's not time to panic just yet. So I wouldn't mind giving them each like a turn or two more in the rotation and kind of see what happens. But that's just my thought. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, both being rookies are talking about small and Alexander. I just, I think there's going to be some growing pain that they'd have to go through here. And uh, as a contending team, I'm not huge on, wanting them to do that all at the major league level this season. But, and if you're going to sign someone like we were mentioning, that's been sitting at home um, and as a freedom, they're going to have to build up some innings at AAA before, you know, they can even be ready to join a starting rotation. So I just think even if we're not going to, I just think it's smart to, to get more depth in the organization for to cover the rest of the season, not necessarily just to plug these uh, holes in the dam that are happening this week and next or whatnot, but just to get, to build your starting pitching depth going forward. Now you could argue that we, well, we've got Josh Limbo. I'm sitting at triple a too, but I think if the Brewers had faith in him to eat innings, he probably would have came up over Alexander I'm guessing. So, but I guess technically he's part of the, the depth chart, so to speak, it's starting pitching, but I, I mean, I, I think they should bring in, bring in someone else and possibly another veteran. That's just my personal opinion, but um because I think it is a long season and I mean, any number of stars could go down or be ineffective. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, getting now switching over subjects to the offensive side of things. Let's just tag a couple of subjects. First of all, Lorenzo Kane, Andrew, M Andrew McCutcheon guys pushing the later ends of their career. I'll, put that nicely what are, what are your take on on what should either or both these guys be getting every day at bats on a major league baseball team at this point of their career based on what you've recently seen here uh out of these guys hey great you could have could you repeat the question one more time we can have our intern fix that oh sure <laughs> yeah so keen and mccutcheon should they be getting 
every day at bats for a major league baseball team at this point of their career, based on what they've shown in the last so far this season, I guess. Who are you going to replace them with at this point? I guess Tyrone Taylor is one guy, was one guy, but we're talking about two guys in your scenario. I I think in an ideal situation, at least Kane is uh, is a bench player at this point. I think he's still great defensively, uh, so he would have definitely some value, especially in the later innings as a defensive replacement. I still like him a ton personally. You know, um, I think he's a great leader in the clubhouse, and I really feel for the guy. I, I you know, the as a human, I just think, you know, he, he's struggling. There was a quote that one of our colleagues, I think it was uh, Adam McKelvey got a couple of days ago. And, you know, he just talked about how disappointed he was in his own play. And, you know, he, he almost sounded very defeated, but um, you know, you can't have that on a, on a playoff or contending team being, you know, or having somebody that's just feeling defeated before even walking into the batter's box either. So I would keep Kane around, of course, um, at this point, it's sunk cost in terms of the salary. So, uh, but I put him on the bench. I'd be actively, actively looking for someone to play, um, either in the outfield or at DH um, on the market for the trade deadline. Yeah, both of these guys have value, but it's probably more so off the bench, um, especially for Kane. I mean, Kane, he still has, um, he still has pretty good wheels. And he still plays a heck of a center field. So he has some value, but um, he's really not bringing much of anything with the bat right now. And I hate to say it, but um, now that offense is kind of down sort of along uh, the entire league, I guess, I I wouldn't mind getting to a little bit of like guys like Kane and McCutcheon, guys that still have wheels, you know, keeping a defense honest or something like that, dropping the occasional bunt down even. I know, I know, we're not supposed to bunt anymore, but like it's really kind of starting to come back across the league, and I wouldn't mind seeing, um, seeing our guys do a, a little bit more at the plate. McCutcheon, I really like still, not as an everyday player, but um, I just I really like the way he works the count, takes a lot of pitches. Um, it's just that with him anyway, he he he's had some bad luck with um, just hard hit Adam balls, like just hitting them right at people. But at the same time, like um, I think he'll come out of that, but I also don't think he's the hitter that he once was like, he's obviously clearly regressed. And I, I mean, for me anyway, if McCutcheon hits 250 on the year, then that's a win. Um, and Kane, I don't even want to talk about his batting average right now. Well, well, and, and let's, I don't mean to cut you off Craig, but, I also think we should talk about the elephant in the room, which is that another member of our outfield is not hitting at all. And that's Christian Yelich. And I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not negative towards him. It's just, it's very, very frustrating to watch again, day after day uh, struggle. And it's been, you know, we're going on our third year. I think we can say it's a little more than an aberration at this point. I know we had talked in our pre-production meeting via text about, um, about Yelich and, and kind of what to expect out of him. And, you know, Craig, you made some great points about it. I just can't help but feel disappointed in, um, you know, I guess the amount of dollars that we gave him and the amount of production that we're getting from him. Um, I'll just leave it at that. And I, I say that as a huge Christian Yelich fan and as someone who's very grateful for what he has done already in Milwaukee. But, um, you know, I think that we need to be realistic about our production uh, in the outfield at this point. 
Yeah, and Scott mentioned that he would like Andrew McCutcheon to hit 250 or more on the season. That's an interesting benchmark. Um, so, let's see. I know, Scott, you also don't like Brewers trivia, so this won't be technically a Brewers trivia question, but if either of you guys maybe could answer this question. How many current Brewer, Brewer regulars, and that's guys who have had over 100 at-bats on the season so far, are hitting above 250 at this current time? Bonus points if you can name who they are or who he is. Um, great question. I assume that that's a really good question. Uh, is anyone hitting over 250? Uh, maybe Wong. Scott, what's your guess? Wong, what's Wong at? Uh, I don't. Oh, boy. Maybe. Um, Renfro? <laughs> I don't know. You got so one. Renfro? Renfro saying 266. The, the yeah. Is Omar Narvaez, 274 is our top hitter with a top regular hitter, so to speak. Oh, I yeah. as a catcher, that. too. But uh, Navarro's 276. Hunter Renfro, 266. And that's the end of the list. Just, so, just okay, let's go over some other numbers of some of our regular middle of the lineup type hitters. Andrew McCutcheon hitting 216, Kristen Yelich hitting 218, Willie Adamas hitting 208. Obviously, he's on the DL right now. You've got even uh, the beloved Jace Peterson is hitting 230. Rowdy Telez with at least is bringing power, but he's hitting 249. Tyrone Taylor, who seemingly has had a pretty great run here and a decent season, he's only hitting 231. Uh, well, he's, he's started off really slow. I'll say he's been more consistent in the last few weeks. I think, you know, a number of these guys got off to very, very slow starts, uh, yeah. including Colton uh, as well. And Louis Urias, who seemingly, you know, puts together good at-bats, he's only hitting 243. So, um, and, and Chris, he has not, you know, defense, I guess. He does lead our team in walks with 26, which is five more than the next closest, which is Colton Wong. Oh, I forgot to mention Colton Wong's batting average, 229. Um, as our leadoff hitter. So again, and he's hot right now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> he had two dongs today, um, which is great. But we lost. So I mean, if you just it's just these numbers are horrific. Obviously, the baseball did something with the ball or whatnot, and compared to the last couple of years, home runs are down, bang average across the league is down. I mean, I I, I mean, if you look at number, there are a lot of guys hitting under the Mendoza line across the league that are regular hitters, more so than I've ever seen in baseball history. But with that being said, uh, the Brewers don't. We can't. Like they need to add one hitter at the trade deadline. They they feel like they need to add like four or five hitters at this point, which isn't going to happen. So I'm very very concerned about this offense. Craig, you're not going to gut a first place team and add five new hitters, you know, at the trade deadline. I mean. That's just not realistic. Well, I know it's not going to happen, but what I'm saying is the way that this roster was constructed during the offseason, and again, I their hands were tied, but, you know, I, don't, I just don't think it was successfully addressed. Um, and we're going with the guys that we have. For the most part, I'm sure we will add, like, one bat or something. But, I mean, the I guess what the real bottom line is, these guys have to hit better. I mean, going forward, they just have to. I mean – there's just no other way around. But this is 
this is the Stearns MO, right? I mean, he doesn't go for big. It doesn't seem like he's going to be willing to spend much money on the offensive side of the ball. I guess they signed, you know, Yelich obviously to the long-term extension, but um, they really have invested a lot more time and money, it seems like, in other parts or other facets. I mean, it seems like they emphasize up the middle defense. It seems like they emphasize the starting rotation. But, um, I mean, to your point, and I just had the interns pass me some numbers, the Brewers right now uh, are the overall regular season batting. This is compiling a bunch of different batting statistics. Brewers are 24th out of the, out of the 30 teams offensively. Okay, yeah, that seems about yeah. right. Yeah, sounds horrible. And yep. I was going to say, too, I mean, obviously, like, batting average is kind of sort of the old gold standard. And, you know, now people are going to look at, you know, things like your OPS, OPS plus, and your yeah. even just on base percentage. And, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but throughout the course of the year, do we have anyone who's dominating in any of those categories? Like, or even excelling? No, no we don't. Um, and, and and to your point, the old school uh, batting average two thirty for the Brewers overall in the season right now, um, which again is twenty fourth. Their OBP is three oh eight, which is um, you know not as bad as some teams, but yeah, I mean it's middle of the pack ish. Looking, I, I got the I got the rest of the league up in front of me. We're in the we're in the bottom half, but the top of the bottom half on the OBP is three oh eight. Our batting average is 30 points higher than it was the last two years, and it's still awful. <laughs> yeah. All right. OBP, the Brewers are 20th out of the 30 teams. Okay. And uh, Andrew McCutton, who, who you know, has good plate discipline in his career, his on-base percentage right now is two, not only is he hitting 216, but his on-base percentage is only 265, which gives him an OPS of five. 69 that's absolutely terrible i mean it's just really frustrating because i mean he was someone that was brought in to kind of give a shot in the arm to this team and um unfortunately he's he's gone through a real bad stretch here and hopefully hopefully he can turn around and that's i guess my point is if if this team is going to be a world series caliber team we have to write this ship big time and we're gonna have to deal with the guys the majority of the guys that are on the team and um, yeah, it just it just seems like there's no one that there's really can be counted on to have that that middle order superstar. And for all those years that we the Brewers did have someone like Ryan Braun, someone like that with a professional hitter with, with a, such a long track track record is missing from this team. I guess that's a point that uh, that I'll make. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think that there was some hope, um, you know, not last season, but maybe like two or three years ago, that Keston Hero was going to be that guy that professional hitter not as good on defense right and uh that really hasn't panned out i, I will say uh quick just again these stats are kind of interesting i the brewers are second in the major league in home runs behind only the new york yankees interesting wow that's really interesting because our top home runner only has 10 home runs and that's rowdy Telez, and i think aaron judge has 21 <laughs> for the yankees so yeah. um yeah, very interesting. That uh, I guess we don't have anyone that doesn't hit homers, so I guess that's probably why they all add up. Um, but and with Ad- Adamas and Renfro both have nine, and yeah, some other guys are just contributing. You know, handful five plus. Yeah, I'll not five. sure if that uh, longs two today or not. Um, I would have to double check on on this. But um, Yankees are sitting at seventy nine. Brewers are at seventy. Two ahead of the Angels, actually sixty eight. 
Yeah, if you think things are bad right now, as a Brewer fan, uh, try watching an Angels game anytime this last week. Wow. And again, I think they were a little bit overachieving throughout the beginning part months of the season. Um, but yeah, the, the the Angels obviously have superstar power with Trout and Otani, um, and they brought in some pitchers like Noah Syndergaard have been pitching fairly well, and even uh, Michael Lorenzen had been pitching pretty well. Um, but overall, I mean, yeah, the Angels are, are have still plenty of holes in their lineup, and especially their parts of their bullpen as well. So um, I, I guess that is still just really coming down to the huge strength of our team. Josh Hader, I believe, has not given up a run yet this year, which is pretty incredible. Devin Williams is now really finding kind of starting his groove, so to speak. He came in today and struck out the side. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, parts of our bullpen are, are, are doing, I mean, not doing as good of a job the other, the other side of the bullpen, but this seems to seem like it still has some work to do the roster going forward. And it's going to be a long season, but I think we, we need to keep our guys healthy and, and add to add to the mix here. But like I said, the positive part is the Brewers are still in good shape. They're still in first place. So. I wonder if, um, now obviously he's not going to be around for the postseason if we make it, but is, um, I wonder is Severino going to be able to contribute anything to this team? Um, Did you, there was a good article about that this week. I'm, I think it was Brew Crew Ball um, oh. about that very issue. Yeah, it makes me wonder because, I mean, obviously Caratini is doing everything that we uh, kind of hoped and, and then some. And Omar Narvaez is having a great year when he doesn't have COVID. And I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, is he going to get at bats in the DH spot? Because personally, I don't, if that's what they're thinking, um, you know, they just threw some money at this guy to get him on the roster and then he's out for half the year. And I just don't think, I don't think his bat plays well enough to be a DH personally, but I have a feeling that he's going to get a few at bats there, but we'll see. Yeah. That, that would be interesting. I think, um, I mean, right now we've even got like Alex Alex Jackson taking big league at bats at the moment, right? I know that that's more, you know, out with COVID, but I, you know, I, I tend to think that Severino is probably going to make an impact. I don't know that, um, I don't know that we can really rely on him though, Scott, because like you pointed out, he's not eligible for postseason roster, or for the postseason roster because of his, his suspension. So, you know, it's it's tough to to kind of look at that guy as a key component of the team. Um, you know, after his return, so that'll be that'll be a little interesting. I mean, we signed him to only a one year, yeah. so I don't want to call it like a sunk cost. But with how well Carantini's doing, I really don't think that he necessarily has a job when he comes back. I mean, Carrot, yeah, and I don't think that we're going to carry three three ke- primary only catchers on our twenty five man roster at any point. Or 26 men roster. Well, 20, 26, 26 now, but yeah, it's your, I, I tend to agree. And they, yeah, and, and as far as it being a sunk cost, they have that cost was mitigated by the suspension, right? I mean, the Brewers are not having to pay him for that, for those amount of games. So essentially, half of that, um, right. go to Caratini instead. 
was or, or just not bad to have depth because you know in case of injury or whatnot. So I mean, to have three quality catchers is definitely better than than the alternative. So I I think I did have high hopes for Severino this, and then I kind of expect that of him almost what Caratini is doing right now, which is um, you know doing pretty well with the bat. But Caratini has advantage over Severino. I think he's actually better defensively, and he calls a better game than Severino. So I I really honestly hope that the Brewers lean more on Caratini than they do um, Severino when, when, even when they're both healthy. So I, I think he's earned that much. And I think he was an awesome acquisition by, uh, by Stearns here during the season. And I mean, we're talking about, it could be argued right now that our two best hitters on that team are both our catchers with Narvaez and Caratini with how they've been swinging that. We just pointed out that, uh, Narvaez has the highest bang average during Brewer and Caratini's been awesome since we acquired him. So it's pretty, I guess that kind of gives you an idea of where off is that totally when both our catchers are our best hitters. Um, no other team I'm sure can boast that this far into the season. <laughs> well, and that's the weird part too, is that, you know, obviously we've been kind of, you know, um, calling out some of the players that um, are underachieving offensively. But even guys that are the last few weeks have been setting the world on fire in like um, Caratini and Tyrone Taylor, it seemed like um, seemed like they were carrying our offense for a while now. Um, the problem is, is that I look at our hitters that are struggling and I think, well, I've seen this before in 2020 and I've seen it again in 2021 and I would not be surprised at all if um, if our hitting did not improve this year without, you know, acquiring someone via trade. And on the flip side, though, if I look at Tyrone Taylor and Caratini, there's nothing in the world that, you know, that makes me think that they couldn't sustain it. But if I was a betting man, I would say that, um, yeah, they're not going to sustain, obviously, this, and they're going to start regressing back to their means. And that means our offense might even get worse. <laughs> just, just speaking of the guys on the team that are kind of have like fringe roles, I guess I'll put, uh, but have had a varying levels of success this season, as we pointed out by some of their numbers. But out of Tyrone Taylor, Jace Peterson, and Keston Hira, which one of these three guys do you think will or will or should emerge as uh, solidifying themselves as a possible everyday player for the Milwaukee Brewers club? Taylor, Jason, who is the third? Yeah. Or what are our choices? Keston Hira. Oh, um, is there an answer D? <laughs> none of the above. I mean, Keston is a great, guy in a platoon situation uh jace peterson it doesn't have as much value to me as a full-time starter at one position right because he can play so many different positions and play them well but so i don't think i would do that with jace either yeah i don't think i choose any of them okay uh, yeah i mean i guess i would go with I, I just looking at them in a nutshell because of where they are at in their career i would think Keston Hero has the highest upside if he were to get regular at-bats. I think Jace Peterson has the highest floor 
which means he'll be productive, but he's never going to be uh, possibly even putting up numbers of, a, of an everyday regular should. And, um, but like Vince said, he's got the versatility, so he's definitely valuable to keep in the role that he's at. And uh, Tyrone Taylor, I mean, I think just, I guess my answer for the three would probably be Tyrone Taylor at this point, just based off what he's done. Now he did go over a stretch, but I think had like 12 RBIs over just over a week in, in the past two weeks or whatever, weeks worth of games. So he really got hot. And now he's up to six home runs. And again, I think he's stealing some of Kane's at bats. And I think, I guess I can foresee Kane possibly role either being reduced or possibly, you know, he's, he's been known to go have some PL stints or I also stints every season. So because of that, I feel like Tyrone Taylor might sneak into pretty much every day at bats in the center field. And, and as you saw some of his defense, he's not as good as Kane on defense end, but he's no slouch himself. He, I think he covers center field really well. So I think he's an underrated valuable player who, who could sneak into being a regular center fielder for the Brewers. Um, center field is also another spot that the Brewers could target via the trade market too. I know there's one guy on the A's that seems like it'd be really a good fit for us. And Scott's mentioned before, and that's uh, Ramon Laureano, who's got power speed and some on base abilities and he's still youngish and he's going to be an impending free agent. The A's are obviously going to be seller. So he really seems to maybe match up well with us, but if we don't acquire someone like him, I, I could see Tyrone Taylor taking the bulk of the center field at bats from Kane due to those issues that I talked about uh, for, from this point forward for the rest of the season. So, um, and I think he'll do fairly well with that. That's. Yeah. Taylor's um, his defense is good. I really like how um, he's one of the few center fielders um, that the Brewers have had in the Miller park era, um, along with Kane that don't shy away from, you know, um, sacrificing their body to make a good play like up against the wall or you know something like that I mean so yeah he he could definitely do that Jace Peterson is most valuable as like being the ultimate super sub so um that's extremely valuable to me it's one of my favorite positions on a team so like um I think he's perfect in that role but yeah I don't necessarily need to see him playing every day I don't know. Jace has advantages. Uh, Taylor and here are both right-handers, and Jace has as a left-hander. It kind of has that advantage of a bench bat too, because a lot of times uh, you'll need that lefty off the bench. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I, I tend to agree, Scott. I was just going to chime in and just let you know I agree with what you're uh, what you were saying. And and like I said, I think that Jace has got value, but just in a different role. And and Craig, I think that you're right. I think that you know Taylor Taylor has proven that you know, he, he can play defense and he's made some great plays in the last week. I don't know what he's, you know, what's been going on with him the past, uh, the past 10 days or so, but he has been playing outstanding. I, I have noticed that his defense seems to have been up to notch. Yeah. I mean, his play, this yeah. is really, has really shown to me that he's, he, he couldn't be an everyday major league baseball player. I really honestly, to be quite, Coming through his minor league career and coming into the season, I kind of pegged him as a as a career fourth outfielder type, which has its own value. But I think what he's shown me this year has proven that he can be uh, definitely a major league baseball regular and a center fielder at that. Yeah, I think the um, the biggest problem too is that when you have guys at center field that you know that play 
um, with reckless abandon, so to speak, um, and play really good defense. Unfortunately, that kind of also um, opens you up to the possibility uh, or the greater possibility of getting injured. And I guess that's kind of where it's nice to have Kane on the roster, like to have a good defensive center fielder, no matter what, um, it is a great thing to have. I mean, imagine like the twins, it seems like the twins every year, like Byron Buxton gets hurt and his replacement is not very good. And, you know, it, it's nice to have a backup plan. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's get to this week's um, slate of games. Um, coming up, we've got three games against the Philly. Well, we have an off day finally tomorrow on Monday, the 6th of June. And then we've got uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Philly series, three games against the Phillies. And then we have got we travel to Washington, D.C. to play the Nationals for three games starting on Friday. So six games this week only. Um you guys want to throw out your predictions for uh yeah oh by the way on a side note i, I think i gotta be in washington uh again this week so i'm gonna try to catch a game out there on saturday um awesome which would be fun um 50 50 at this point but it looks like that's gonna happen uh anyways um uh, i don't know three and three i don't know we're just kind of bland right now we do tend to play pretty good in washington though um, let me take two or three from the Nats, and unfortunately, one out of three from the Phillies. I don't know. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to say exactly, actually. But um, yeah, three and three. I I honestly think three and three is optimistic. The way, just the way. Um, the, the team's playing right now. The offense is chugging along and the injuries. Um, three and three, I I think that's pretty much it. Right, I'll say optimism, optimistic and go four and three. I, I feel like there's a, a stellar start from Burns and Ashby coming up hopefully this week. And Lauer's obviously continuing to really pitch well, as we saw today, unfortunately, a losing cause. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, we still have some real nice horses in the rotation, and we, we've got to get this offense going. Hopefully we get start to get healthy. I think William Thomas going back to the offense will be a huge shot in the arm, and obviously I would assume uh, Louis Reyes can avoid a DL stint and get, and get back in the lineup soon. Um, but, again, we, we, I, we thought that last week with Woodruff, and that didn't happen, so I guess I don't know. But both those guys being back in the lineup will really help this offense, in my opinion. So I, I honestly think those are two of our better hitters. Uh and especially young hitter. So yeah, that, that we'll go with four and th- four and two on the week and hope for the best to bounce back hopefully. And then, uh, yeah, let's, let's go, let's take it from here. The warm, the warm, uh, weather is here. So hopefully that brings alive the bats ball starts carrying a little bit more for this apparently power hitting brewer team <laughs> that actually sat that blew my mind. Uh, when Vince pulled that up or, or your intern, Scott, or got that bird leading the NL and second in the majors and in, in, in home run hitting it's that's it really just shows how much it must be down across the rest of major league baseball as well so interesting yeah, yeah that's a great stat I would love to know how many of our home runs are solo variety versus the New York Yankees but um, that's a good point yeah too, that's Daddy. an unbelievable stat yeah I think I think that um, maybe one of the projects you could assign your interns and I know you can post it on Twitter later is how do, how does this home run, home run total for the team compare to other 
other seasons in Brewers history. So looking at home runs through June 5th of all the other years in franchise history, does that number, you know, kind of, kind of, is it high? Is it low? What is it? Yeah, I don't know. And I'd probably only really look at the last 22 years just because County Stadium, obviously a little bit different than the cozy, warm confines of Miller Park in April and May. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I, just to kind of know if the power numbers generally for the Brewers are going up or down, and you know, it, yeah, I, I suppose that the park adjustment factor is something. But I'd, I'd be very curious. But if yeah, you could get your interns to do that today, that'd be awesome. I don't have any interns anymore. They're gone. They're on vacation. Apparently, mm. they thought that between Memorial Day and July Fourth, that was like an extended weekend or something. I don't know. <laughs> Well, hmm. we're going to have to talk to our folks at Alverno College and all of our other sponsors. Oh, boy. And I, I, unfortunately, and uh, just like I know that Josh Hader's amazing run this season is bound to come to an end at some point, I just want to point out that it's now June 5th as of this podcast. He still is not allowed to earn run this year in almost 18 innings, and he's only allowed four hits on the year. Four hits, 28 strikeouts, four hits. Pretty amazing year for Josh Hader. I think he's a he's the biggest shoe-in all-star uh, of any player possibly in baseball going at this point. Uh, pretty unbelievable season so far from Josh Hader. Uh, historic on many levels. So, yeah. Um, so let's hope for a good week, guys. Um, if, you, if anyone has any um, questions to submit we of course like to get to our mail bag or email bag every once in a while so make sure to submit those scott where where will your interns get those from when they get back where should they be sending those um you can just ask on twitter is probably the way to go but if you don't have that um which one is it brew crew review one the number one brook review one on twitter yeah sorry brook review one on twitter brook review podcast with an s at gmail.com i know that you're uh, you're actively checking our our email scotty oh yeah absolutely um yeah and then i trying to weed through all those promotional uh emails that we get unfortunately that's what happens when you throw your email out there but don't worry guys we still look at your emails too um yeah but twitter i think is probably usually your best bet because not only that but um a lot of times we'll throw like a poll up there or something like that just to kind of, um, I don't know, gauge the, how fans feel about something. And then, you know, obviously we report back here and, you know, that way we're um, on the pulse of Brewer Nation. Something zeitgeist, something, you know. Yep. <laughs> hey, that's right, Scott. All right, so Vince will be yep. up the game most likely in Washington this week, probably Saturday, I'm guessing. I'm hoping to go to the Tuesday game, yeah. park night with my kids at Ampham Field during the Phillies game. So, Scott, if you could maybe make sure to watch the other four games of the week and <laughs> have the, we'll have this covered for our fans. <laughs> that sounds great, yeah. Scotty. You're on it. <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right, we'll stay with uh, Dallas and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Thanks, guys. Go Brewers. Go Brewers. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Vikram. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>